Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
everyone. Welcome to the live episode of the Butterfly Evolution Show. Rodney and I would like to thank you for choosing Butterfly Evolution tonight. We have a great topic discussion set for tonight. So, again, thank you, Rodney. How are you doing tonight? Kelly, I am doing well. Um, everything is good here. Everyone is everyone is doing just fine. Um, I don't know. Like it feels like we're just moving along in the school year. I know that it's not the ideal um, school year, um, at least not here. But um, I'm definitely grateful to uh, be around so many positive people um, every day and uh, people who are willing to pitch in and and help out. Um, um, you know, I I went to a teacher. Um, earlier uh, this morning and asked them to uh, step in uh, to a class and uh, with just no hesitation, they were like, all right, you know, and I was able to go back, you know, a little bit later and tell, tell them, you know, never mind, we had it covered. But um, I think we underestimate um, and maybe even sometimes take for granted um you know, just being around positive people, whether it is at home, whether it's at work, um, whether it's at the gym, if you go to the park, I mean, uh, it could be at church, but wherever you are, um, appreciate the, the positivity, um, appreciate the, the, the good attitudes, um, because it is definitely needed, um, you know, um, it was needed before this pandemic and definitely needed um even more so now so just grateful tammy um just appreciative um and definitely humbled by um a lot of good things that are you know happening in my own life how about you oh wow i am i'm good i'm good i'm in a kind of odd place tonight but i am good um so I'm good. You know, family's good, and and um, weather is really, really nice. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I am. I'm just kind of in this zone. <laughs> I, I and I think I kind well, well for several reasons, but I'm really what we're going to talk about tonight. It really hit home. Like it made me think about some things, and so I'm settling okay. into that. Um, but at the same time as I'm settling, I'm moving. Like it, it, it put me in a place, but kind of a place where, um, how can I say it? Um, a place of awareness, but awareness with action. Like, like it just answered some questions for me. And it's kind of amazing how you, how you just start looking up things because you think people need to hear this. And then as you start looking into it, you're like, I'm the people, I'm the people, I'm the people, I am the people on this one. So, and, and you know, that's not a bad thing. It's just, I am, I'm just, I'm just in awe about um, life and how, I, I guess what it is and what it's not. And, people and what they are and what they're not and what they think they are. What we, we, we think we are and, think, and that we're, we're not and how you have to forever be ready for change because you cannot, yeah. I can say all day, 
that I'm at this place and um and I'm gonna remain at this place. And so but at the same time it doesn't mean that that place is going to remain the same. Like I can stay the same um in a sense but we just it just um I was just reminded today of of really again how much lack of control or or um knowledge we have about life mm. you know about about life our, our our very own personal life and the life of those that we love and and that kind of thing so but it's a good thing and so i'm I'm more excited about the level of my growth in the midst of. You know, if that makes yeah. sense, like I can, I can truly tell um, that all that I have learned this year alone, like if I had not endured, well, not um, sought out for the knowledge that I've received this year alone, I would not yeah. be, I would be in this place, but my spirit would not be in this place, if that makes sense. Like the peace that I have, the, that's it, the peace surpasses all and so I was I was TMI but I was showering and that's all I could think about I was like man God I think we we have this is a different mountain this is a different kind of mountain <laughs> you know <laughs> so you know I'm, in, I'm enjoying the, the the mountain not the lesson that came before it um, all the lessons that came before it and I'm not looking towards, I'm not worried about what's to come, if that makes sense. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm cool right here. <laughs> I'm cool. I'm cool on how I got here. I'm cool on how I'm going to leave here. I'm just cool. And that's how, that's, I was just like, wow, this is, this is awesome. This is awesome. And I've really been on yeah. this doing, not doing, being, doing, not doing, being, not being, and um, being open for anything and attached no thing and no one and I know people have especially when I say be attached to nothing and no one people will look at me like well, I, I don't know how, I don't know how, why you say that it kind of sounds cool not everybody but but that sounds kind of cool because that sounds like you don't love the people I love them I'm not attached to them yeah that's it that's just kind of <laughs> so um <laughs> and so kind of like remember we did that show about when you can't tell the dance from the dancer. Yeah. That was a few months ago. Like the the vision of that. Like just imagine what that means and the vision of that. Like once you grasp the meaning of it and see it in action, like that's that's someone who is living the life and has become the life that they are living. On purpose, mm-hmm. on purpose, and so, I mean, I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of at a good place, Rodney. So I'll leave it there. <laughs> I'll leave it there. <laughs> I got to see my grandbaby, which I told you that earlier. I got to see her. Oh my gosh, y'all, she is. I, it is Rodney. I'm telling. You, it's like she's at this point where she knows her Grammy. And she just stands there and she kind of just shakes her legs like, oh, my Grammy's here. And she'll run and jump up in my arms and won't let me put her down. And she, I was uh, playing numbers with her and the blocks. Uh, y'all, she is so smart. I'm just 
I'm just like, wow. She had blocks with the numbers on it. So I'll say, Zali, go get go get me the number nine. She'll go get it and bring it back. And she'll say, nine. And then she'll fall in my arms and hug me like, I did it. <laughs> and I'll say, go get the number three. And she'll come back with the number three and do the same thing again, like three. And she'll just fall over and give me a hug like, I did it. So she, she has just been a joy these last two days. I had a, now I was tired. I was tired, tired, tired. But the simplicity, like we sat and watched her for, I don't know, Rodney, probably, oh my gosh, I don't know, 40 plus minutes. Do the same mm-hmm. thing over and over and over. And Miss Erlene being a school teacher, I mean, she's sitting there, we're all on the floor, and all she's doing is taking blocks. Well, it started with candy, which she does that here as well. So she takes candy out of the candy jar. She counts them, and she puts them on the floor, the table, whatever. And then she does the whole thing all over again. She puts them back in, and then she starts over and and just does that over and over and over again. And then she got the blocks. It started taking the blocks out of the bag, and then she put them all back in the bag. That went on forever. Miss Ellen got her a basket, and then she started putting the blocks in the basket, taking them all out. And so finally I said, I wonder what it is. What is it that in their little mind that they find this so fascinating, so much so that they can do it over and over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and so after a while, you know, with, with my adult mindset and my domestication issues, like, so I caught myself getting ready to say that as she was putting the blocks, taking the blocks out of the bag, putting them into the basket, I was going to go over and show her. In my head, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to say, Zali, what you could do instead of just putting them all one by one, just take the bag and dump the box in the bag. And so I said, Ms. Erlene, I said, I know how they look. And I said, I wonder how they, how do they have the, you know, the, the brain to do this but and not grow weary. And so when I said that about trying to show her, you know, saying show her how to just pour the bag, I was like, now I know how they lose it because we. I'm getting ready to tell her just just take the bag and dump them in there all in there one time. <laughs> like we, we take it from them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah you know, kind of like they're trying so to do right. something and we go do it for them. Yeah, you know, we won't let she. She kept trying and trying to get my watch off today, and she was, you know, she's just adamant and she was coming so close and I wanted to jump in and, and, and show her instead of just letting her figure it out for herself, even if it means next time. So she will try again. Like with my glasses, she, she's been putting my glasses on upside down for the longest. She's fascinated with glasses. I'm sure most ladies are. Um, and so she would put them on upside down. Well, today she finally got it. And she thought that was so funny. She just laughed. She, thought, she, she turned them on the right way, put them on. And she laughed so hard, y'all, as if I was tickling her. Like, oh, this is how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) So she has just been a joy, as I'm sure Nadia is with y'all, just watching their little minds go to work and the new words. Like when you told me Nadia said it's raining. Like, imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) 
She's a very so, intelligent one. Yeah. So, and and I think they all are, Rodney. I just think that either there's there there's someone there to help them nurture that and bring that to life, or there's not. And that's kind of like with everything, you know, even with the topic that we're going to discuss tonight, um, there's a great question that I found that I thought, wow, so this is true. And I'll share, as a matter of fact, we can open it up with that. But for those of you who are listening, um, if you're listening online, uh, with on the, through calling in, uh, Select the number one if you have a question or a comment. We'll pull you in by identifying the area code that you're calling from and the last four digits that you're calling from. If you're listening through the chat, uh, by way of chat, post your questions, comments there, and uh, we will get to them as quickly as possible. If you're listening through, like, social media, Facebook, if you found it on anything, any social media, you can certainly um, send me or myself a private message if you want, or just post there on the link that you saw it on, and we'll go back and forth uh, with answering your questions or, uh, you know, just giving the, the listeners your comment or suggestions and things like that. So, um, trash, Rodney, you want to do our trash can, baby, if you don't mind? <laughs> we we haven't done we haven't done it in a while uh <laughs> uh I know we missed a couple of weeks there and then um I know uh it's funny cuz um I was thinking I was sitting here thinking about it, and I was like man we haven't done that in a while but uh for those of you new or returning uh you know to the show if you are a faithful listener uh what we like to do uh, we've been doing this for ooh um, at least since I've been on the show, and that's been 2014, and I'm sure you started before I even came on the show, Tammy. Uh, but we've been doing it this for about six years now where we ask you guys to um, move your trash can. Um, and if you've done it, you know, since I've been on the show, you've moved your trash can at least six times now if you've done it at least once a year. Um, but life is always changing, Um Things will not remain the same. I don't care how much uh, we want them to. I don't care how much you try to keep them the same. You can fuss. You can scream. You can cry. You can fight against everything that happens in your life, but life is going to change. Um, So what we like to do is um, encourage you guys to move your trash can. And and when we say move your trash can, find a trash can that you use on a regular basis. It could be in the kitchen. It could be in the bathroom. It could be in your bedroom. It could be, um, could be outside. It could be in your office. Um, but find a trash can that you use on a, on a regular basis and move it to a different location. And when you do that, um, we want you to see how many times you go back to its old location. Um, a lot of times we get so used to trash cans being in a certain spot, we throw trash <laughs> and not even look at it, uh, and not e- not even look in that direction because we know that that trash can is always going to be there. But think about how we do that in life and how we always expect things to be there, always expect things to stay the same, always expect people to be there. Um and we continuously go back to those old locations. We go back to those old people, those old friendships, those old relationships. 
because we are creatures of habit. So uh, move your trash can and just see how often you go back to uh, its old location, and it may provide some clarity in some other areas of your life, um, and it may show you why you can't move forward, um, you know, in, in, in other areas. So uh, definitely do that. Uh, Tammy, I'm so glad that you brought that up tonight. Oh, you are so welcome, so welcome. It's so necessary because, again, life life forever changes. So what I want to do is I'm going to go ahead and read um, the discussion uh, description for tonight, and then we will kind of jump right into it. Um, so the the topic or the, the the what I put out there was, do I have adult abandonment issues? So I'll put it out there in the form of a question. Um, emotional abandonment is a subjective emotional state in which people feel undesired, left behind, insecure, or discarded. People experiencing emotional abandonment may feel at a loss, cut off from a cru- at, cut off from a crucial source of sustenance that has been withdrawn, either suddenly or through a process of erosion. In a classic abandonment scenario, severance of the emotional bond is unilateral. That is, the object of one's attachment is the one who chooses to break the connection. Do you have abandonment issues? Some symptoms or some things that may answer the question, and it doesn't mean that you do, but these are some things, um, just kind of some signs as I was doing some researching. One, feeling threatened if someone else is close with your loved one. You consistently pick physically or emotionally unavailable partners, partners that may be cheap, they have addictions, they're abusive, very self-focused. Etc. You overreact to situations and later don't understand why you flipped out. You don't like surprises such as last-minute changes in plans or finding out someone knew about something before you did. And then I put number five. Want to hear? Want to hear number five? You must go live now. So I was just kind of playing with those who were reading the, the discussion later. And then before the show, and then dying to live, what's holding you back? And one of the questions that came up, um, saw this quote, uh, to be abandoned as a child can affect your relationships as an adult. And then they posed a question, did you know we all were abandoned? We were all abandoned as children. So the question, did you know we were all abandoned as children? And so I thought that was kind of interesting because um, going back to the the description for the show, I put emphasis on feel. Emotional abandonment is a subjective emotional state in which people feel undesired, feel left behind, they feel insecure, or they feel discarded. And those are just some of the things. And so, again, I put emphasis on feel because um, just because someone 
feels a certain way, it doesn't make something true or not true. Um, And so it has to be a very personal thing. And I think at some point in life, we as children, like the question says, we all have maybe felt abandoned at some point um, in life, whether it be by a parent, uh, a friend, a sibling. Um, oh, gosh, I just thought about something with my mom and her, one of her siblings as a child. She would not want me to tell that story. And, and I just thought, well, it's probably, it was probably because she felt abandoned, abandoned by her sister. <laughs> I mean, but, but really, so it's, I, I might tell y'all. She's not on, so she won't know. Yeah, I'm going to tell you because she might go on. Okay, so. So listen, so my mom, <laughs> 17 of them, yes, yeah, so I'll get it out real quick, 17 of them. Um, and so you can imagine with that many children, it's probably easy to feel lost and abandoned and disconnected and all of that, certainly from parents. I don't know how much attention you can get from, from a parent when, they hit, when there's 16 more of you uh, running around close in age. So long story short, her, her sister, her oldest sister, uh, was on the bus, and they were on the bus going home, and my mom, my aunt was the bus driver. My my grandmother's, my great aunt, my grandmother's sister was the bus driver. And so my mom asked her sister, could she see her magazine? She had a, some kind of book magazine or whatever. And my aunt, her sister, said no. So this <laughs> girl gets on the bus and this girl asked my mom's sister, can I see your book, your magazine or whatever? And my mom said, she said, yeah, sure you can see it. Mama, it takes my mom to tell the story. <laughs> and my mom, <laughs> my mom said, she sat there, she said, I bored for a while. And she said, before I know it, I just jumped over that seat <laughs> and I was on her. <laughs> so she <laughs> She found her sister, y'all. And I'm sure it's because that, like, my sister just, I asked my sister, my sister, for this book. And she told me no. And <laughs> this girl gets right on the bus. And she asked, and she said, my mom said, she's like, well, yeah, sure. And, you know, like, you know, she said, and I, I bored for a while. And I couldn't take it no more. And so imagine your aunt pulling over the bus because you're fighting your sister and your aunt is your mom's sister, and imagine that back in those days. <laughs> so that would be, that would be one of those things you overreact to situations, and later don't understand why you flipped out. <laughs> so, but I could see where I could see her frustration. I could see the boiling. I don't know what I would have did. I probably would not have thought, but. I would have held on to that for a very long time. That's one of those things I would have never forgotten. Never. And I would have wanted to know why would my sister not let me see the book, but let someone else. But you guys know we do that often. Like we will, the the man on the street probably gets a whole lot more, you get the the better of us than the people walking right around us. And and that's another, another discussion within itself. And I think it really has, to do with uh, feelings of inse- being insecure and needing, I think we talked about this, Rodney, a couple weeks ago, needing, we, we don't seek validation from those who have who've already given it to us or that we know we found our place in. Mm-hmm. So for those who we feel yeah. like we got to 
you got you know all that you got you got to still impress upon then we're a bit more nicer we're a bit more um, patient a bit more forgiving and that kind of thing so I could see where my mom felt abandoned and just little things like that that I think we go along the way without noticing or we 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 grow up um, with those unanswered questions we grow up with that feeling, not ever really having the conversation with the people that we we feel have a, abandoned us, we feel um, undesirable to them, we feel like they left us behind, which has made us feel maybe a little bit insecure and discarded. And as I think about abandonment and you think about a house, what happens, it could be the most beautiful house in the world. It could be um, structurally sound, but we all know that you have to run that water to keep those pipes going. Um, you have to flush those toilets for everything to to continue to be um, in good shape. And how many abandoned houses and you've passed and you thought, wow, what what in the world would make anybody abandon that house? That's a beautiful property. That's a beautiful house. I see them all the time, and I I think, what in the world? Like who would who would mm-hmm. let a house go down thus far? So imagine I think if we uh, kind of put that into real life, we have really good people whose soul and spirit has been abandoned. According to them, they feel like someone that they were attached to um, or was their object, as the description talks about. The object of the one's attachment is the one who chose to break the connection. So think about that as it relates to property and people. You know, no no different. If you leave property, un, you know, abandoned, it's going to go down. If you leave your soul mm-hmm. and your spirit abandoned, then you're going to crumble. And I feel that is what's happening to, that we have so many adult issues that we don't, that we have not dealt with and we've just decided that we don't need to deal with them. Um, I really like the quote I put out there today. I'm going to read it, and it was uh, about, I put it, attached it to the show, uh, and it says, let's see, there is, let me go down here. I'm going to turn it over to you right in here. Um, oh, gosh, where is it? Hold on, it's getting ready to play the show. We don't want to do that. Um, There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside. And so if you have those feelings, um, most times you don't have the story. You don't know if the person uh, truly abandoned you. Meaning mm-hmm. there was no other, there was no other option, or did they do it because they thought that this was better for you? Kind of like an adopted child. Um, I've heard people say terrible things about parents who decide to give their children up for adoption. But I tell you, I have such respect for the person, the mother, the father, the parents who say, "I can't give you the life that I think you deserve." So I'm going to allow the person that I think can raise you. Now, granted, there's some people that mm-hmm. just want to give their children up. They just never should have got it. 
that pregnant, but I, I really think that the person who has the heart and the love and the um, spirit to say, I love you so much that I, I would prefer, I would rather give you to someone who will have not just the love for you, but the ability to take care of you, whether that be both emotionally and financially or one, because because I have a child doesn't mean I should raise a child. And so to know that and then take action upon that is, is just an awesome thing. So right now I'll turn it over to you and we'll keep this ball rolling. Tammy, I, I think you uh, mentioned something um, that is that is really important, and it was when you said uh, when you talked about having a conversation with um, the people or the person who you feel like abandoned you. I think far too often um, we focus on um, who we have become. And we think that's who we are. Like we look at the person, mm-hmm. not the person who we don't look at who we are necessarily, because a lot of times we don't know who we are. We know who we have become, but we don't connect the dots. We don't connect who we are at 25, 30, 40, 60. You know, we don't connect the dots to, well, how did I get this way? Um, you know, if this had not happened to me, how would my life have turned out? What would my personality be today? Because we are born, I think, with certain characteristics, right? And like you were saying earlier about Zali um, and Nadia and how, you know, children are, like, just naturally curious, Um and they're natural problem solvers and critical thinkers until some adult takes it away from them or someone older than them takes it away from them because we're impatient or we don't want to see you struggle or we want you to get it like this or, hey, I know, I know. But there was a time in our life when we didn't know And either we figured it out or somebody did the same thing with us. They gave it to us or they told us the answer. And so I think those things and more have led to how we are as adults. And I can tell you, like, I can take you in a classroom here uh, in Memphis. I can take you to, to a classroom in California you're going to see a lot of children who can't problem solve. And I'm not just talking about math, but they can't problem solve. They're not critical thinkers. If if the question goes beyond yes or no, they have no clue because we don't live in that age anymore. We don't live in an age where people say, hey, you, you, you better figure it out. Or you're going to sit there, you're going to sit there until you figure it out. We don't live in that age anymore. We live in a time where it's like 
everybody's entitled. Rather, like, because we we got to keep moving, we got to keep getting on to the next thing, there's no time for mastery. There's no time for thought. It's answer, solution, let's go, on to the next thing. There's no time for development anymore. There's no time for growth. But I think that it is critical, and I'm so glad that you brought it up, I think it is critical to have conversations with people you feel may have abandoned you, um, especially early on in life. I remember, Tammy, um, when I was 19 years old, I had a conversation with my dad, and and my stepmom kind of, you know, kind of pushed me to have this conversation with him. Um, But my dad, like, showed so much favoritism to um, my second oldest brother and to my sister. Like, it was just, like, obvious how he treated them versus how he treated me. And people used to always bring it up to him. They used to always say it. And sometimes they would say it in front of me, uh, which was probably not a good idea because, like, I don't need you rubbing it in my face. And so one day, like, I remember I remember, I was young. Like, I was in elementary school. And I remember, like, it was my birthday. And my dad came and picked me up because, you know, that was what he did. Like, if it was our birthday, he would pick us up, take us to the mall, you know, and he would buy something for our birthday. And I remember one year on my birthday, like, he told my sister, like, come on. And, like, he bought her a gift. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's my birthday. Like, how is she getting a present, you know? <laughs> um, I remember, like, you know, my, 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 my brother, my older brother, um, like, my dad would take him to work with him. Like, but I could never go. And, you know, I always felt, like, left out when I was a kid. I always felt like my dad left me out. Um, I felt like a lot of people, like, left me out. But I remember having a conversation with my dad when I was 19. And the conversation helped me out a lot because, you know, my dad's response, after I finished telling him, you know, um, talking to him about showing favoritism to my siblings and, you know, me constantly being left out of me constantly getting the short end of the stick or, you know, and, and, and giving him examples and like, you know, Hey, I remember when this happened and that happened and he just kind of sat there. And then my stepmom was like, do you have anything that you want to say? And he was like, I don't even know what he's talking about, <laughs> you know, but it, but it taught me that, a lot of times we walk around with resentment towards other people or we feel abandoned or we feel like, you know, we've been left out or left behind or we feel neglected. A lot of times the people we are harboring those feelings towards, they either don't know and or they don't even care. And I think my dad did care because things, you know, slowly started to change after that. So I think he did care, but I don't, I I think, you know, he had gotten so used to like life being a certain way 
I don't even think he realized that he was doing it. And so, you know, it taught me that, you know what, there's no sense in holding on to these things because this other person is like, they're not holding on to it, you know, and, you know, and he, and he apologized for it. Um, and we were able to move on and, and move forward, but it was like, you know what, like, I have to find my own way. I have to find my own happiness, my own peace. Um, you know, and it shined a light on so many other situations in my life because, you know, even with friends, like growing up, it was like I was I was like like I had friends, but it was more so like what I could do for them. Like, you know, even in class you know, when I was in school, it wasn't that the kids were my friends. I was their entertainer. You know, I was I was I was their class clown. I was, you know, they didn't have to like get in trouble. You know, they didn't get in trouble because here I am, like you know, making everybody laugh because I was trying to be accepted because I was trying to be wanted. Um, and after you know, after I was talking to you earlier today, it made me think about my uh, my birthday. And I remember growing up, it seemed like everybody else's birthday like mattered. I remember, like, um, like I didn't like I I can't remember getting too many. I know I didn't have my first birthday party until I was sixteen, um, but I can't remember too many times like even getting like a cake, um, you know, unless like my aunt uh, would buy one for her daughter who uh, her birthday was two days before mine and she would like put my name on the cake. And so like, it was like, you know, it was one of those things that I would like see everybody's like birthday, like being a big deal. And, and it was like, man, like how come my birthday ain't a big deal? And so I remember the last time I like actually cared, um, I was 18 and it was just like a dreary day. And I was like, you know what, man, like I am not doing this anymore. Like, forget a birthday, like, I don't care, like, I don't need to celebrate, whatever, man, I'm just going to just start living my life, and it was so funny that, um, you know, after that, like, you know, it was like, all of a sudden, like, then it mattered, because what I started doing was, I was like, you know what, on my birthday, what I'll do is, like, I'll do something for myself, like, I'll, like, I'll take myself out, like, I'll take my own self to dinner, or like I'll go to to the movies or go bowling like by myself on my birthday, and so I learned how to like get over like looking to people for for things. So uh, it was funny because once I moved here, it was like all of a sudden my birthday was a big deal, and like but it was like that's what people do here. Like it was like such a big deal, and I was like man. You know, and so I I remember going through my childhood one way, but then as an as an adult, um, life being completely different. Um, so again, I think having a conversation um, with those people, um, I think is a, is is a really big deal. Back over to you, Tammy. I I agree. Uh, Rodney, you know, I always say that I think every situation and every 
every person is one conversation away from the breakthrough that they need. Um, and that is, of course, if, if, if it's a real conversation and not a very one-sided um, need to the need to be right conversation, but uh, 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 I guess a a need for understanding uh, rather than than being right. So I came across uh, this website, and the name of it is a conscious rethink. So a conscious rethink. So if you guys want to know more, there's there's a lot out there about a number of things. Uh, again, a conscious rethink dot com is a uh, website, but they provide 12 ways abandonment issues change a person's life, and so they they were all very interesting to me, um, and I'll just read the 12 and go into a little bit more detail on some of them, but the entire um, article is very, very good. So first thing, they're unable to commit to a relationship. One of the most common effects, although this might seem counter, counterintuitive, is that someone with these issues finds it tough to make a romantic commitment to just one person. Um, number two, well, let me, read, let, me, let me read a little bit more of that. Um, <clears throat> although logically you might think someone who's been abandoned would seek commitment and, uh, I'm sorry, I'm losing my voice here would seek commitment rather than flee from it, they're actually convinced that there's no point committing because their partner will only abandon them down the line. Number two, they have a fear of intimacy. As well as fearing commitment, they may be able they may be unable to let their guard down. They build walls they build walls ten feet high around their heart and forget to put in a door. Whether, the issue, whether their issues come from being abandoned by a parent as a child or from the abrupt ending of a central romantic relationship or friendship later in life, having had their trust betrayed, they find it extremely difficult to let anyone else in. They can mean, they, that can mean that even if they seem to be surrounded by people, they experience loneliness. Number three, they appear detached and closed off. Just as someone who experiences fear of abandonment can struggle to lower the drawbridge and allow someone into their emotional fortress, from the outside, the stone walls often don't look particularly inviting. They can appear cold, indifferent, and uncaring, meaning that other people aren't given a chance to discover the real person that's hiding behind the, for, the uh, fortification. Scaling the walls isn't an appealing prospect at first glance, so they can find it difficult to attract potential partners or make new friends that are prepared, prepared to put in the work necessary to break down their barriers. Um, they hate to let people down whether because they feel let down by someone in their past or simply because they don't want to give anyone a reason to leave them, they, because uh, perennial yes, they, they become perennial yes men and women. Yes to events, yes to requests for help, yes to doing things they don't feel entirely comfortable with. Saying no to people is like pulling teeth. 
they prefer to just live with the dull ache of always saying yes. They have low self-esteem. This is a textbook impact of an abandonment issue and can be true of all areas of the person's life. Romantically, they can't believe anyone would actually want to be with them as they can't, as they can't for the life of them see any reason for it. They feel unlovable. There's more on that, um, but I'm going to skip that one. They feel like a victim. People have caused them immense pain and heartache. They have suffered. They have experienced loss. They can result, the result can be, the result can often be that they see all the bad things that happen to them, rather in relationships or other areas of life, and mark them down to their woeful luck. Uh, number mm. seven, they settle for nothing less than perfection. Having been disappointed and abandoned in the past, someone with these issues can have unrealistic expectations for all the relationships in their lives, whether it's with family members, friends, or romantic partners. While it's true that some that some such people will end up settling for a less than ideal relationship because they don't think they deserve any better, these issues will have the opposite effect on others. Uh, very interesting. There's more on that one. So again, a conscious a consciousrethink.com is the website. Number eight, they experience mood swings, anger, anxiety, or depression. Number and there's more. Uh, number nine, they can be a helicopter parent. Another common impact is on the relationships they have with any children of their own. As their children go, they can find it extremely difficult to cut the apron strings and let them have their freedom and make their own mistakes. In an ideal world, they would retain control over their children's lives. However, as they grow, it's only natural for a child to gain more and more independence. And if a parent tries to fight this, it can lead to conflict. Number 10, Mm. they play it safe in the world of work. As mentioned above, those with abandonment issues will often avoid taking any kind of risk when it comes to their professional life as they simply don't believe in themselves. You'll often find that they take a job they know they'll be amazing at, even if they don't have a real passion for it, or it doesn't push them to their full potential. They prefer to know that they're doing an excellent job as it makes them feel needed and validated rather than working in a more challenging environment and risking not constantly receiving praise and reassurance. In the long run, this can mean that they end up feeling unfulfilled professionally. Uh, Number 11, they're pessimistic about the future. Their experiences have taught them that hope and happiness are wishful thinking. Instead, they are constantly on the lookout for the next bad thing that is going to happen to them. They have a scarcity mindset, and this leads them to believe that good times are very much in the minority. When they look toward the future, they do so with a firm belief that storm clouds are gathering on the horizon. There is no happy ever after in their mind, just one struggle after another. And lastly, they struggle to be themselves. When you've been your authentic self and somebody has left you, it makes you doubt your worthiness. So instead, you try to be the person that others want you to be. You create a persona and hide your true personality. 
beliefs and desires behind it. That way, if a person exists, if a person exits your life for any reason, you know it wasn't the real you that they left. So those are the 12 things. Um, one of the things as they sum up, he says, working through it, being aware of the impact that your abandonment issues might be having on your life is an important step toward overcoming them. While there, there are plenty of ways that you can help yourself or loved ones take the steps to overcome these issues. Um, and it says if you find yourself, you know, going over the top, seek, seek assistance and seek help. Uh, I think that's another thing, Rodney, that we don't do. We don't, we don't talk about these, the way that we truly feel. Um, I know we talked about it on Tamara's show Saturday. It's Saturday, I think, that we don't have those conversations. We don't say, um, I'm feeling this way, I'm feeling that way, um, or you made me feel this way. Um, you know, those things, we don't have them. We just do not sit down and have those conversations that make us vulnerable, that, um, again, not needing to be right, just to be heard and understood. Uh, I was watching, and if you guys have not watched Black Love, the season, the new season of Black Love, oh, my gosh, y'all, it is it is. It is so worthy of watching. I've watched it a couple of times over and over and over, and I get something out of it every time. And, and I wish I could call their names, but you guys are not good with who they are. I just, I just want the, the lesson. Um, but he, this guy was talking about his wife, and he said that he had to come to a realization that if there was something that he experienced as a child um, that, did not allow him to be the best version of himself as a man, as a, as a husband, as a person, that he had to also recognize and realize that if it was true for him, that it was true for his wife as well, and that it was his responsibility as her husband, as the man of, of their family, to not, when, he, when she hurts him, to not take it as she is trying to hurt him, but this is a time where her experiences in life, what she went through, and I believe she had had some daddy issues and things like that, but he had to see her as the six-year-old little girl or whatever age she was when she went through, whatever she went through that caused those feelings at that time, and they had grew with her. And um, that was just interesting. I've heard Miss Earlene say, you know, that it's so good to look at people or re- remember people um, where you think they got stuck in a area, in, in a certain area, not all of life. But there's things that we, we are, we are, um, how can I say this? I truly believe that what has happened to us, our experiences and our circumstances, you know, growing up, and, and and you guys know we we didn't well most of us I won't say all of us we didn't come from a fam of, of a a time where we talked about things I remember when I lost my grandmother nobody sat down and talked to me about it nobody um, assured me that things would be okay um, you know we're going to make sure that you're okay nobody did that um, I think we just overlooked that things that happened to to children or when things happen and kids are young that they are not affected by it but imagine how much more they are affected because of their age and that the people that are around them 
that's their security. That's their blanket. Those are the people that they've seen and have taught them, no matter good or bad, that has become their life because they say we're like sponges, sponges at that age, that we suck it all in. We're looking more than um, we, we're learning through looking, through sight, touch, feel, but mostly what we see. And so, Rodney, you had said at one time we were talking about the remote control. Um, you know, you said that. Well, we weren't talking about the remote control, but you was like, that's why, that's why kids want what we have. Like they want, they don't. You can go buy the toy, but if you're not playing with the toy, they don't want the toy. They want your phone. They want your remote control because those are the things that you have. You know. Yeah. And so it's just, it's just really, really interesting. So those, those are just some signs, and it doesn't mean you guys that, that. You know, you you're just you have all these you have this sad abandonment issues. But like the question said, you know, when we really think about it, weren't we all abandoned at some point, or felt like we were mm-hmm. at some point in our lives? So back over to you, Rodney. Tammy, I know um, earlier today we were talking about how um, you know the these feelings of abandonment or neglect, how different people um, deal with uh, with things differently and how uh, you and I could have gone through uh, the, a similar situation and came out two different ways. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I think that's important to, to note as well, because, um, you know, there are people who, um, you know, 20 and 30, 40 years later, you know, still mad at their parents for something that happened when they were 10. You know, you, you have mm-hmm. people who can go like years and not talk to people or speak to them um, because of things that have happened. Um, and going back to what I said earlier, you know, a lot of times people don't know or they may not even care, you know, but, but, you know, one of the one of the worst things I think we can do as adults is hold grudges, um, uh, you know, from things that happened in our childhood. And that was why, you know, a long time ago, you know, I tried to, you know, um, make it up in my mind, um, you know, that I was not going to hold on to things that had happened to me um, as a child because, I mean, it was a lot. You know, uh, there were things that I brought on myself, um, and there were things that were just done, you know, whether, you know, they were done by my, my parents, uh, step-parents, uh, aunts, uncles, grandparents. I mean, you name it. Like, I mean, there was, the, like, it was a lot. But, you know, for me, I knew that in order to, um, in order to move on, uh, because I remember, you know, I remember getting in trouble a lot. Uh, growing up, and it wasn't until, you know, I was in college and I realized, like, after I had that conversation with my dad, like, I was an angry, I was an angry kid and didn't even know I was angry. You know, I I remember, Mm -hmm. you know, going back to, you know, this is who we have become rather than who we are. I remember, like, the love I had for school. I remember the love I had for learning. Like, I lived in a two-bedroom, one-bathroom duplex 
And there were anywhere from 12 to 16 people living in that duplex. And you talking about, like, um, only two people worked, you know, most of the time, and that was my mom and my uncle. Um, You know, my grandmother didn't work. You know, she was, you know, collecting whatever checks she was collecting. And, you know, I had an aunt who didn't, who lived there, and she didn't work. I had another aunt who was always, like, in between jobs. One aunt's boyfriend, you know, it was like, you know, he couldn't keep a job. So, I mean, you talking about poverty, you know, six adults and, and, and ten children. And, uh, I mean, we survived because, you know, all, the six adults, you know, found a way to make it happen. But I remember, you know, them getting food stamps. And by the middle of the month, because there's so many people, like the food was gone. And, like, we're we're scraping and scrambling for the rest of the for the rest of the month, like, trying to eat. And, you know, it it was just, like, it was rough. But I remember, like, being in first grade and second grade and, you know, and, and, and all of the kids are outside playing after school and the adults are, you know, they might be in the kitchen. Maybe some cousins came over, like older cousins, like in the 30s or whatever. Like, they may have come over and they're sitting around the table and they're, you know, they're drinking, having liquor, having beer, and, you know, they're playing dominoes. And, you know, my grandmother got her, her you know, shows on Ricky Lake and all of that, you know, on the TV, kids in and out of the door. And and here I was, first grade, sitting at the coffee table. Like, I found me a little spot, <laughs> you know, out of the way. Um, and I'm just sitting there doing my homework. And all the other kids outside playing. And it was like I lost it. Like I lost that love that I had for learning. I lost the love that I had for school. And I didn't get it back until much later in life. Like I used to make honor roll like all the time, you know. And then, you know, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? Nobody else cares. Like why should I care? You know, like no nobody nobody cares that I'm you know I'm in here like busting my butt like you know and I'm only like six years old or seven years old like nobody nobody cares so like I got to a point where it was like the only way that I could get attention or the only way that I could be noticed was I had to do something bad or I had to get in trouble you know and so that became my life to the point where like by the time I was in eighth grade like I got in so much so much trouble. Like, my mom put me out, you know, and sent me to go live with my dad, you know. And so um, it, it it took a long time for me to um, to get that love for for just learning, you know. Like, like, that was who I was. Like, I was this very, I was this very intelligent kid, and I always wanted to know stuff. And, you know, I always wanted to, like, do a little bit more. Like, I remember, like, when I used to have to read, like, in kindergarten, and first grade, like, I remember, like, I was reading, like, third and fourth grade books, like, you know, because that was who I was. And I, like, I lost it because, like, it was like, you know, there were too many people for anybody to care what Rodney was doing. And, you know, nobody cared until, you know, uh, uh, like, a suspension letter came on. It was like, boy, I'm going to you. You know, <laughs> teachers started calling the mm-hmm. house. Then it was like, oh, Oh, now everybody everybody knows me now. Like everybody can see me now, you know. And so, um, but you know, we all have felt that at some point, 
um, in our lives. We have all, like like the quote said, like we all at some point have felt that abandonment. But what have you done with it? Like, are you still holding on to it, regardless of how old you are, old you are? Are you still holding on to those feelings? Are you, you know, are you still, um, you know, like like those things that you were reading, Tammy? Like, you know, are you are you one of those people, you know, who like, you know, you 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 go off and then you know you realize then then like later it's like, well, wait a minute, why did I snap like that? You know, are like are you one of those people? Like, do you do you struggle um, with? Uh, friendships and, and relationships and you know can you can you go back and like connect the dots you know because I know that was what I had to do for myself um, like I remember um, you know and going back to being handling things different um, I remember when I was in sixth grade and I told my dad that I love him and he was like boy you just is gay you know <laughs> and um and so since that day, I was like, yeah, he got to worry about me doing that anymore, you know, but I always said that, like, I would be a different father. Like, I didn't take that and like, uh, well, you know, I, you know, I guess I better not ever tell my son, you know, that I love him or tell my daughter that I love him, you know. Um, and so for me, it made me the opposite. It was like, you know what, I'm not going to be, like, I'm not going to be that hardcore uh, person like my dad and, like, you know, I can't say I love you to somebody, whether it's man or woman or, you know, whoever, like, you know, I'm not going to be that person. And so, um, you know, so, again, like, people handle things um, differently. Back over to you, Tammy. Well, I have a question for you. I have a couple, but um, so I guess what I'll do is just kind of put them out there so I won't forget them. Um, did anybody, number one, did anybody at any time recognize that you kind of lost your thirst as a child, that something kind of happened? Did anybody sit down and talk or say, Rodney, what's going on? I know you talked about the, you know, the letter or the call from the teacher, or maybe even at that time, besides, you know, I'm going to beat you, did anybody have a conversation and say, hey, what's going on, um, da, 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 whether it be a teacher or whatever. And then um, how do you, I know it's different for everyone, um, but mm-hmm. how do you let it go? Like how do you recognize it, own it, but mm-hmm. also let it go? And then last, as you were talking, I thought about how even now with Dolly and you with Nadia and probably all the people around them at this age, how we're all so caught up in their newness, like everything else, new car, new house, new new boy, new woman, whatever. You know, it's grand when it's new. Um, could the answer to that question, you know, one of the answers, meaning that, do you know, we've all been abandoned at some point. You know, the older a child gets, the less interest we show in them, for the most part. Not everybody. Like, they're not the highlight of your day when you walk in, right? 
And so could it mm-hmm. be because we show them, we show up in their lives initially, whether it be one person all the time, you know, at least, we, you know, how, you know how we are with kids. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And then they're like, have another child and then that child is quickly forgotten about and the other the new child now yeah. is the main attraction. Do you think that <laughs> we some in some way force people and these young kids to feel like, oh, but what about me now? Oh, you yeah. know, um I've heard stories of kids saying, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take my sister back to the hospital, my uh, you know, my brother back to the hospital. You know, the, the big yeah. sister and brother saying it about the little sister, the new arrival. <laughs> and can you imagine the feeling? Because it's almost like, wait a minute, I'm still a little person. You're still my mom. You're still yeah. my dad. You're still my aunt. <laughs> so I hope you can remember those questions. Um, so going back to the first question about anybody, like, noticing a, a change and, um, you know, like sitting me down. Um, no. Now I had conversations later on in life um, when things actually turned around, but um, no one had a conversation with me. Like when the shift started happening, it was. Um, and, and honestly, I don't know if they had the wherewithal or the the wisdom to even notice that something had happened. Um, I think it was just one of those things where it was like, as long as I was doing good, no one was going to say anything. But if things changed, it was going to immediately become, or it or it became like, oh, like you acting up, so now this is my reaction to you acting up. It's not like, um, like let's say, put Nadia in, in, in that same predicament um, five or six years from now when she's in school. And, like, I feel like Tamaria and I would notice a change like that. And I think um, we would try to figure out what has happened. Um, and, you know, because I, I have to do it all the time at school because kids change so much. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, you were doing your work just fine the first nine weeks. You know, now here it is, February, and, like, you know, you're not turning in your assignments. You know, what has happened? And so uh, I I learned, one, um, you know, not to be judgmental. Um, even when it comes to children, even when it comes to school, um, I've, I, I learned not to be judgmental, and I learned not to jump down people's throats. You know, when I was a teacher, I was like, I think my experiences helped me as a teacher because, um, you know, I, I ran a tight ship as a teacher. However, I was fair and I was understanding, um, and I could sense when things weren't right, and I did not, I didn't look to like punish kids. Like I remember one time a boy um who was like I mean he was like he had been terrorizing schools since he first started and I had him in sixth grade and one day he was talking to another little boy and he said shit and 
I just went over and I said, Keisha, I said, do me a favor. He said, what's that? Because he didn't know I heard him. I said, do me a favor. I said, grab the dictionary right there. And he grabbed the dictionary, and I said, find that word in there. And he tried to act like he didn't know um, <laughs> what I was talking about. I said, that word that you just said that you don't think I heard you. I said, do me a favor, find it in the dictionary and tell me what it means. So he's looking in the dictionary. I mean, it took <laughs> he's looking in there, tell me a good five minutes. And he finally he said, it's not in there. And I said, well, in this class, you use words that are in the dictionary. If it's not in the dictionary, you can't use the word in this class. He never said the word again. But had I been the type of person that, like, you know, fussed him out and all, no. Like, I, I learned how to um, to find creative ways, not necessarily to tell you what you should and should not do, but more so I want you to think about it. And and so that helped me. But the first conversation that I can remember, uh, first helpful one, was my 10th grade history teacher, um, who I give a lot of credit to for helping me turn things around. And it was, I mean, obviously he didn't know me, you know, in third grade when these things started to happen, but he he saw something in me. And he was determined to bring it out because he wanted me to see what he saw. And he did a, He did an excellent job of that. And then I had an aunt when I was in college who told me that she noticed how things were throughout my childhood. And um, she said that she just kept, you know, praying for me. And she was like, you know what, Lord? My nephew's going to be all right one day. I don't know when, but he's going to be all right. And she was like, so when you finally got it together, she was like, I was so happy for you. So conversations happened, but they were they were much later in life. Um, and then I think your second question was how do you get to that point? Um, I don't, you know, I, I think I, I, I'll, I'll start off by saying, I'm sure that there are times that, that I fall short, but I think overall, um, you know, I, I am <laughs> I am who you see or who you talk to. Like, that that's just who I am. Um, and I think it is because I have learned a lot about people, um, including myself. I've learned a lot about humanity, um, and I have been open to – um, just about everything I have learned about human nature. And I've learned that um, there are a lot of flaws that come with humans, and I know that might sound cliche, um, but there are a lot of flaws. Um, and I've learned that people can only give you what they have. And, you know, if you think about it in terms of money, if 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 you only have a hundred dollars, you can't give somebody two hundred dollars. So if your parents dropped out of school in the ninth grade and they didn't they didn't go to college, you know, they never graduated from high school, they didn't go to college, why are you expecting them to know 
things that they would only know if they went to college. If your parents didn't go to law school, they may not know the law. And it it works the same way emotionally. If your parents were never shown love, maybe they don't know how to show you love. If, you know, you know there, there's so many things. I mean, we, we want people to be perfect. We want people to um, have the answer, especially when they're our parents, you know, when we're, we're kids. We want people to have the answer. We want people to tell us what we want to hear, and we want people to show us love. And, you know, Tammy, I was talking about you. I think it was to, I think it was today I was talking about you. We were talk, I forgot what I was talking to the lady I was about, and I said, I said, you know, the lady I do the radio show with every Tuesday, she was like, she was like, if somebody want to impress me, she was like, don't bring me no flowers. Bring me some ice from Sonic. You know, and, you know, we were laughing about that. But I was like, oh, I know what it was because we were talking about celebrating somebody's birthday. And they were like, you know what, we're going to bring her a a big ball of cabbage and put a candle in the middle. I said, you know what, that lady's going to be so happy because if you bring her a cake, she's not going to eat it. So why would you do that? But I think we have to realize that, you know, not everybody wants flowers. And that is okay. And, you know, but here's the thing. The average man will mess up because he has created in his mind, based on what he's seen on TV, what he's heard from all these other women, you know what, I'm supposed to buy you flowers. And then he buys you flowers, you know, and he spends $100 on them, has has them sent to your job, and he and he doesn't understand why. When you come home, you're like, "Thank you for the flowers," but you're not like falling over him. But that's not your thing. And see, we want people, we want people to be happy the way that we want them to be happy. Life don't work like that. We want people to live and thrive and grow the way that we think that they should. Life does not mm-hmm. work like that. And that's why there's so many, like, divisions. That's why people can't get along. That's why we struggle as human beings. Because, I mean, look at, look at this foolery that we see on Facebook and Twitter. Like, people, like, like, I've seen so many friendships, Tammy, fall apart over the last few years. Why? Because of political views. Well, because, you know, you're not American if you don't believe what I believe or if you don't act like I act or if you're doing things that I don't think, you know, are right, then you're not American. You're not a Christian. What? But we put people in, we put people in boxes. And then we get mad when they don't want to stay in there. But if I've outgrown the box, you ain't going to keep me in no box because I've outgrown it. I don't want to be in the box anymore. I might want to be in a cube. Maybe, maybe I have, like, flattened the box 
and now I'm building. Now the now the box is just might be the foundation. I've turned it into something else. We have to learn how to get out of our own way, and that was really what helped me, and that's why I say this all the time. Like, as long as people aren't doing anything to impact me or anybody I care about in a negative way, help yourself. Help yourself. Like, we lose sleep over people being themselves. And I hope that somebody listening like this, I hope that it, it makes things click. Like, why are you why are you getting upset because somebody is being who they are? I remember, my, like my my mm-hmm. former principal used to come to my office all the time, Tammy. She'd be like, Rodney, I don't understand. Like, you just act like don't nothing bother you. I was like, I'm not acting. <laughs> it just doesn't, oh, you know. And, and don't get me wrong, there are times when I get irritated. There are times when I get frustrated. Don't get me wrong. Especially when I'm driving, like people do stuff all the time that irritates me. And I had to think about that today. I was like, you know what? I got to get out of that. Like, like I get irritated when people run red lights. <laughs> I get, and I don't mean like the light was yellow and they just went through it. I mean like the light be red, Tammy, and they go through it. So that 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 that's my downfall. <laughs> like I be like, wait a minute. But you know what? I can't let that stress me out either. But it but it does. It it bothers me when people do it. Like just sit there, bro. Like you you missed it this time. Just sit there. And then I had to think about it. You know what? I've ran a red light too. So stop putting people in a position to where they cannot grow. Give people a chance. To grow, give people a chance to fall down and get back up. Because we give people a chance to fall. We give we we give people every opportunity to fail. We give them every opportunity to fall. What we don't do is give them a chance to recover. We don't give them a chance to get back up. And we have to do that. And so for me, I have accepted that life has infinite possibilities. It is really like a box of chocolates. You just never know what you're going to get back over to you, Tammy. Wow. Um, well, as I we like to bring it to a close, I'm just going to say again that I learned a lot about me today. And I was sharing, well, I think I was sharing on, at the beginning of the show that um, it's just it's amazing to me, the journey of life. So, um, you think you're doing it for, you know, you think you're doing it for the people and you realize you are the people. And so <laughs> it has, it just has awakened some things. And just, just I don't know, just I've, I'm, I'm really going to dig a bit deeper um, because there's so many layers to my dysfunction that I just wasn't aware of. And I keep learning. I keep finding out things um and, and and I know for me, I, I'm I'm like you, Rodney. It just wasn't an easy life as a child. It just wasn't, and and that's my yeah. story. It just wasn't. It, it wasn't. And so, 
and those it left uh it left marks that I don't even I didn't realize that I had. And so I remember describing my life a while back as just mountains and mountains and mountains. And I remember at that time saying that I'm thankful that now I'm at a place where I look back and I see less back there. Um, there's a, less backwards as I do forward, meaning that I've, in my mind at that time, I've, I've just, I've crossed so many mountains and I would think about life as I'm going down one mountain. That's my time where my time of pain, but pain for growth, pain needed for growth. That's my time of learning, pain, guilt, we kind of revisiting those things, but from a place of understanding what marks they left on me and now what do I do with them? Um, what do mm-hmm. I do with the people that I've blamed before those marks all my life? What do I do with them? How do I address the issue so that it doesn't continue to hold me back? Um, that it doesn't that it doesn't hold Brandon back, my son, because you know what we it's sometimes easy to pass it on without knowing it. And you think mm-hmm. you you think you changed the game, but you've really been playing the game your way. Not that you changed it, you just changed the way to play it, but keep the game the same. Well, I'm about just changing the game altogether. Like, let's not even play this game anymore. So um, I would encourage anybody who is at a place in life where you're just not okay with okay, and you're just not willing to accept life as it is if you're not happy in that life, if you're not growing, if you're not feeling, um, just don't do it. There's, we serve too big of a God to live a lifeless life. And I'll say this again, don't be a coffin for your soul. Don't be a coffin for your soul. Mm. You know, don't. And some of us like are, and I'm sorry. I just refuse to be a coffin for my soul or a coffin for anybody else. I can't die so that you live. I can't. I gotta live so that you live. Um, if you so be, if you so want to. So that's my story. I'm going to dig into this, and Ryder will probably come back and visit this again. I know a couple of we got a couple of shows we got to go back and visit. Um, so I'll, I'll work on kind of maybe putting putting one grand show together, and then maybe we can just maybe go live on that one and address some just some of the things that we talked about because in spite of all of the the I'm okay posts that you see on Facebook, Instagram, and what I mean by I'm okay, um, we don't ever really seem to get to the nitty-gritty. I remember that young lady that came outside on her porch one day and she said, I'm just tired. I'm tired of raising these kids by myself. I'm tired. She just put it out there. And I had so much respect for her. And what was really beautiful is the, I think she had two, I think she had three kids, two different dads, but one of them showed up and got all of them. And he didn't fuss. He didn't, I guess he saw it because she went live and he just came and got them. He just said, I got them. I'm, I'm taking them. And that's what people need, like no judgment, which people did. Mm-hmm. But think about 
the strength that it, it takes to say, I'm just not okay. I'm tired. I'm tired. These are my kids, but I'm tired. And so I, I have such respect for that. Um, so this has been, oh, my gosh, really, really good. Really, really good for me. I hope it's been equally as good for those who listened. Um, I'm going to give that, actually, I'll give another website out because I didn't even get to go through those signs, but I did list some of them. A conscious rethink.com. So a conscious rethink.com. And then healing hearts. Uh, let's see, healing hearts of Indy. So healing hearts of Indy, I N D Y dot com. They list signs as well, but they go deeper. Just a great website for um, different things like abandonment, addiction, affairs, anger, anxiety, uh, codependent, communication, counterdependent, depression, divorce, family counseling, grief. So it's, it's just a list of things that they talk about, as does the other one as well. So I challenge you guys, these are the things that, like, have become just kind of my, my day. TV, see, I'm very selective about what I watch on TV because I want to watch them, and, and that's why I'm so detached. Like when I hear people talk about something, somebody, somebody did something, and my first thing, okay, now who is this person? I'm almost afraid to ask because they look at me like you don't know who. What, like where are you? What cave are you in? And I'm like, I guess one that I'm gonna stay in because after I hear the story, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I don't have time to worry about about that because I have abandonment issues. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry for the night. I am going to keep it. Um, and I'm going to fix it and come back stronger next Tuesday. Over to you, right now. I, am, uh, I guess I'm, I'm done for the night and Thank everybody for joining us. Tammy, this was definitely um, very timely and uh, much needed and necessary, I think, probably for more people than we realize. So to everyone who who, who who tuned in, um, thank you guys so much. Um, The only thing I'm going to say is just remember that – Either you can accept your reality or you can let your reality come and find you. If you just accept it and you, you seek answers and and you open up your heart and your mind and you know and 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 try to try to dig into your own uh, issues or dig into your own life and not with the same lens or the same mindset that you've been doing all these years. If you feel like you are stuck or you have been stuck or you feel like there are some things like, like Tammy said, and I think, I, I think it's very important when you start to seek answers, you should start to see yourself. 
because that's where it all begins. We have to become better at self-reflection and and evaluating who we are as people and not thinking about our issues and attaching them to somebody else, meaning like, oh, I'm this way because it's their fault. No, why are you allowing yourself to be imprisoned to somebody? Why have you not let it go? Why have you not forgiven? Like, stop thinking about what's wrong with us and looking to blame. Or like Tammy was saying, like, you know, when she started looking into the show topic for tonight, it was like, wait a minute, like, this this is finding me. Like, we have to become those people. But I bet you it probably was finding Tammy because Tammy is open-minded. And Tammy hey, Rodney, can, can I jump in and say something real quick? And I know I sound so hush, but I can't because you follow no, you're another one. I, I love this quote, um, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I think there's always a student within us, which comes from those experiences that we have uh, either endured or gone through from birth, um, I would say from from the womb. Um, so when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So there's always a student within us, and there's always, always a teacher for that thing. Mm. I just, I just, I just believe that to be so true. But you have to be ready to to dance to your own music. Like we said earlier, when you can't tell the dance from the dancer, when you have become your own melting pot. Um, And Mm. so one other thing I want to just really encourage people who are listening, don't overlook things in the lives of our young people. Don't take for granted because they are six, seven, five, there are things that, one thing in particular that I remember, and there's no way that I should remember because I was so little. I was too little that anyone would think that I would remember. And then I think about the death of my grandmother. Like, there are things that are that are there, um, and I truly believe that if, if I, when I keep digging, because I'm going to dig into this so much more, that that was the start for me. Like that set, that was a foundation for abandonment. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I remember like saying these words, like, you can't be gone. What do you mean? Like, you got to wake up. What's going to happen to me? What's going to happen? What am I going to do? Because to me, that was my, that was my foundation. And, and, you have to think about it as think about you now. Like if if you're in a vulnerable state, if you're fearful, like we most most of us are now with all that's going on. A lot of us are, and a lot of us are still being kind of I don't know frugal in, in living and and not being changed or seeing the real the real lessons from this. Um, don't let another child slip through. 
with issues, with emotions that we don't talk about, that we don't listen to, that we don't try to um, solve so quickly. Because sometimes they just need a conversation. They just need to know that they, their feelings, that their emotions are validated, that you do know that I have emotions. You do know that I have feelings. You know, like, it's always not true yet, but take something from her that she wants and does not understand that this really could hurt you. She understands you just took something away that I want. So they know. So I just couldn't let the night get away without really putting some emphasis on listen to your children, talk to your children, have the one-on-one conversations, you know, all individually, group-wise, individual, but have them. Have them. Have them. Explain why you are disciplined them. Doesn't mean they're going to get away with anything, but now you know. Um, and now they know. So mm-hmm. I'm going to shut up for real so we can get off of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tammy, you know what? I'm just going to add to uh, what you just said, and we're going to leave it right here with the children because uh, children really are uh, the future. I know, like, there was a song and all of that good stuff, but they really are. And what we do with them, how we treat them, how we raise them, it, it's it, it's going to show up when they become adults. And so to add to what you were just saying, Tim, I'm just going to say, when you talk to your children, talk to them with respect. Talk to them as if they matter. Talk to them as if they are human beings and as if they are people. We understand that there is usually a huge gap between your wisdom as an adult and their wisdom as children. However, if you talk to them with respect and talk to them as if they matter, you'll find that it'll be it'll make conversations in the future a lot easier because the last thing you want is for them to resent you or for them to hide things from you or for them not to want to talk to you because they feel less of a person because and maybe that's another show too Tammy because I can remember and maybe you guys can too being younger and feeling like I was dumb because that was how people made me feel when they talked to me because there was no way that I could know anything because it was, you're just a child. You don't know nothing. Maybe I didn't know as much as they knew, but, and maybe, maybe they were right. Maybe I didn't know what I was talking about, but think about what that does to their self-esteem and their psyche. We have to find a better way to communicate with our children. So great stuff, Tammy. I'm glad that we had this show. To all of you guys who tuned in, I saw we had some people join late. Thank you guys for tuning in. We hope that you have a blessed week. We hope that you guys have a great night. We'll see you next Tuesday. Same time, same station. Good night, everybody.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.